Because I'll say that uh, every generation has every generation has its tzaddik. Every generation has its tzaddik. And you know, when it comes to learning, there's such a thing as Yudas HaDairis, there's such a thing as one generation, one generation is weaker than the previous one. Davening the same thing, but in Abbas Yisrael, in Abbas Yisrael, the Bab Dachi is there and he can read that all. Maisa, we have Tzadikim over here. Rabbi Yisai, I don't listen to a lot of speeches, but when Rabbi Yossi talks, it's Kedai. Don't lose out, this is what we're here for. So, Maisa, we're just the big Tzadikim that are here. Damas. Alright, so you know, every Yantif, whenever you get to every Yantif, Chassidish's firm have a lot to say about every Yantif. But everyone knows when it comes to Hanukkah, there's something very special. There's a very, very, very strong discussion between the way of the Baal Shem Tev, the Derech of the Baal Shem Tev, and Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a Yantif that's shining with the way of the Baal Shem Tev. Hanukkah is, uh, the way of Hanukkah is the favorite Yantif. Now the truth is, it's not a coincidence. We know that we, just a few minutes ago we sang the song that Mashiach Tzikeinu, Mashiach told the Baal Shem that his coming, Barachamim, depends on the Baal Shem Tev. Tars Baal Shem Tev means the spreading of the light of Mashiach Tzikeinu. Chesidus is not only preparing the world for Gula. Chesidus is a taste of Gula itself. So that's what Chassidus is, that's what Balshantiv was, and that's what Hanukkah is. Hanukkah, the 36 candles of Hanukkah, that's the 36 hours that the hidden light of creation was experienced in the beginning of creation, and that's the light of Mashiach, Mashiach that came himself. So Hanukkah is the light of Mashiach, Chassidus is the light of Mashiach, that's where they're partners together. Let's try to understand for a few minutes, a little bit, what's this Indian, what is... Uh, what is Hanukkah exactly in light of the way the Baal Shem Tev? So it's like this. When Mashiach told the Baal Shem Tev that Mashiach is going to come, he's going to arrive, when the Torah of the Baal Shem Tev, when his teachings spread forth. So that's the famous line, that's the famous part. But there's another line that Mashiach told the Baal Shem, which is less famous, and it's harder to understand, as we're going to try to figure out for the next few minutes. Mashiach told the Baal Shem, and when everyone is able to make Yichudim like you, to make unifications like you, to unify God's name like the Baal Shem. So the question is, first of all, what does that mean? And how is it possible? What, and, and specifically, Mashiach didn't just say that he'll come when Yidin make Yichudim, make unifications, whatever that means. But specifically, unifications like you, the Baal Shem. So what does that mean, unifications like you? So one could suggest it means with the intensity, with the dveikas of the Baal Shem, that's impossible. 
It's an impossibility that Mashiach comes only when every year is Mamish holding with Tveikas and Valshem. It's not possible. It must be. That there's a certain type of Yichud, which is a Valshem to And so when it says that Mashiach will come when every year will make Yichudim like you, it doesn't mean with your intensity and your Madrigas, but it means Yichudim, Valshem to Yichudim. So what does it mean, a Valshem to Yichud? What does it mean, a Yichud Bechalal? What does it mean about Shem Tzadik Yichud? Alright, so it's like this. In Chanukah, when it comes to Chanukah, we know that there are two miracles, there are two Nisan that we're celebrating in Chanukah. Number one, the miracle of the victory, the war that the Hashemayim fought against the Yavanim, and our victory, our ability to retake sovereignty over the land, the Nes of Nisachim. And then there's another nace that we're celebrating, which is the nace of the Pachacha, the jar of oil, the last of eight days. So those are two separate miracles that we're celebrating, but ironically, we celebrate both of them with the same act. By lighting Hanukkah candles, which is more obviously connected with the nace of the jar of oil, we're also celebrating the miracle of the victory. So the question is why? Why would we celebrate these two miracles in the same way? What is lighting a candle how does that capture the miracle of the war? And one final question. In the Rambam, in the beginning of Hanukkah, the Rambam makes it clear that when we talk about the miracle of the victory, we're not just talking about getting rid of the Yavana. We're talking about establishing a kingdom of Kahana. That's really what we're talking about. It's one thing getting rid of Greeks, but it's not just getting rid of Greeks. It's establishing a kingdom of Kahana in its place. And we know that even the war itself is fought by Hashemayim, by a family of Kahan. And it's stressed, that's stressed, the fact that it was Kahan. So number one, why is it that the war, the victory over the Yvonne is celebrated with candles? And number two, why are we highlighting the fact that it wasn't just a military victory, but it was through Kahanim, establishing the Malchus of Kahan? Alright, so it's like this. In the case of we find the following idea that all of Vaidis Hashem, all of life for that matter, all of history, is, is broken down into two parts, two periods. Stage one and stage two. Stage one is what's called the Avoida of Birurim, of clarification, sifting, fixing, warfare. And then there's another stage, stage two, after that, which is called Yichudah. What does that mean? So Birurim means like this. A Yid comes into the world full of Inyana, full of stuff, right? Full of Taivas, full of Yetzaharas, full of internal enemies. A lot of things that are not worked through. A lot of things that are not worked through. And the job of a Jew in that initial stage of life, the first stage, first step, is Birurim is to try to make sense of yourself, to try to put yourself together, to fight those wars. Every enemy that we experienced on the national stage or individually, every enemy on the outside is just a reflection of some enemy on the inside. And if there are enemies on the inside, it means that there are things within us that are not worked through. It's an avoidant birurim, a sifting through of clarification. And when a person, and whenever a person has the eight star, whenever a person has a tendency to be drawn to something ugly, so that's a time of warfare, that's a time of, 
of, of you know, coming in contact with a part of you that's not, that's not worked out yet. And what's your job? You have to work it out. Because the truth is, as we know, you, the tachlis of creation, the purpose of our lives is to come close to Hashem, is to experience Tveikus, what's called Yichud, to become one with God. But like it says in Megil Sester, you can't go into the palace wearing sackcloth. So in order to approach the king, which is step two, that's Yichud, you have to have step one, which is Biru, to sift through yourself, to take off the sackcloth, to to vanquish the enemy, to slay the dragon. And then after you go through that stage of Birurim, of Muhammad, then now that you're clarified, you're put together, you've expunged from yourself, or Tumma, or Klipa, and so on, now you're a clean person. Now you can stand before God and experience Dveikas, and experience attachment to God. That's stage two, that's called Yichon. So that's the normal way of thinking. There's Birur, there's Muhammad, there's dealing with Yetzirahs and then finally after you vanquish those Yetzirahs then you can turn your attention towards Hashem so by stage one who are you looking at? Yetzirah stage two you could finally move eye contact away from the Yetzirah and, and look at the king of all kings and look at your own Hashem that's stage one stage two and that's the Pashtas and all the Kisvei read the whole Seder of Avaidas Beirurim and then Yichudah but here's the secret of Hanukkah. The secret of Hanukkah is like this. The secret of Hanukkah is, is that even stage one, which seems like on the outside and on the chitzainius and superficial level that who you're engaged with, who you're wrestling with is Yitzhar, and everything that you're doing in stage one is in order to prepare you to experience the Yichud of stage two, but the Ayman Bipinius is that all of stage one is that's just part of stage two. What do I mean? How do you know if someone really loves you? How do you know if someone really, really honestly cares about you? It's not enough for them to just say, I love you. That's not the words that you How do you know if someone really loves you? How do you know that you're truly connected to someone? What is a simon? What's an indicator that you're holding in a state of either, of oneness, of unity with another person? So the Gemara says, the Klal, but will come a few places, that the real simon of love, the real simon of attachment is Messias Nefesh. Whether you're willing to sacrifice something that you care about personally for the sake of that person that you love. That's, that's a sign of love. You could say, I love you. You can say, I care for you. You can say, I'll give anything in the whole world for you. But at the end of the day, unless you're willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable position for the one that you love, you don't really love them. Love is defined based on the willingness of putting yourself in an uncomfortable position for that person and of sacrificing something for that person. So now let's, let's reevaluate stage one. What's stage one? Stage one is Hashem created the person with a, let's give a, a more, you know, uh, a nicer Yetzirah. The person was created in this world with a very strong tendency to say Lashonar. So he's very drawn to that Indian of speaking gossip about other people. That's not just 
Now, understand that's not just the Yetzar, that's part of his nature. That's part of, not, maybe not the deepest essential nature, but that's part of a person's nature, wanting to talk about other people. So all of a sudden comes a test. And he's confronted with an Yisrael, with a test. The Yetzar whispers in his ear and says, you have such juicy Lashon art to say about that guy. So just say it. What we usually think is, so what are you doing now? You're struggling, you're wrestling with the Yetzar. Because when you're trying, because uh, and if you overcome that Yetzar, now you're cleaner, you're healthier, you're more put together, you've, you've gotten that gorilla off your back, and now you can approach the king. That's not the way to look at it. In Pinius, the way to look at it is like this. This is a moment of me being able to sacrifice something so dear to me for Hashem's sake. The Yetzar is not the one that you're fighting with. The Yetzar is presenting you with an opportunity to give a gift to God. What's the gift? The gift is that part of me that wants to speak Lashonar. That part of me that wants to say something negative about another Jew, which is so deeply entrenched in my nefesh. I am now using this moment as an opportunity to not just express, but to experience my love with God. And the way I experience that love with God is what? It's not by saying I love you. How does God says, okay, you said you love me, but how do I know? More than how do I know? I want to experience your love. And Hashem says to us, I want to experience your love. And you know what you say back? Rebunshi, you want to experience my love? I'm going to show you my love. I'm going to concretize my love. I'm going to have an experience of love with you. By what? By taking that which is so precious and dear to me and giving it back to you and sacrificing it for your sake. And that part of me which wants to speak Lashonar, for example, which is so deeply rooted, and Hashem embedded that nature within me, and I'm sacrificing that for Him. That's not a prerequisite. That's not a hachana for Yichud. That's not a stage one of Bira, of Muhammad, and then after the Nitzachin, after the Muhammad, after the warfare is over, now you could approach the king and experience oneness. That was oneness. For a Jew to think that what you're always grappling with is the Yitzhahara, that's a Rachmanis. That's unbecoming of a Jew. The way of the Baal Shem Tev is that everything is Yichud. What does it mean when Mashiach said to the Baal Shem Tev that he'll come when everyone is able to make Yichudim like you? A Baal Shem Tev de Yichud. A Baal Shem Tev de Yichud is the realization that warfare is a Yichud. That there's no such thing as something that's a prerequisite, a hachana, stage one, getting you ready for oneness with God. Everything is that experience of oneness with God. For those that are a little bit more advanced, I'll share with you just a quick thing in parentheses over here, yeah? In the case of we find that a yichud, a yichud is always a comprised of two parts. There's what, so to speak, speak blush and ikea, there's what, the Kala offers, and there's what the Chasen offers. There's waters that rise and waters that descend. The Rizal taught in Mavish Arm, one of the hardest Svarm of the Rizal, there's one line over there, and the Rizal, this one line, like, throws a wrench in all the Kisyari. The Rizal says that really all of Avadis Hashem and all of his writings and all of life is really just Yichud. Sometimes it's 
the Kala presenting a gift to the Chazan, presenting her love to the Chazan, and sometimes it's the Chazan presenting his love to the Kala. But it's all just Yichud. All just Yichud. Most of Kavanis, most of Kisiri is about the Avayit of Birurim, of sifting through, of Mulcham, of warfare, of dealing with the Yitzharis, of, 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 of finding Tikkun, of finding harmony in chaos, of dealing with chaos. And then after there's Tikkun, after there's harmony, then you could experience Yichud. But you tell me that everything is Yichud. That's the way the Baal Shem. The way the Baal Shem is, is that there's no such thing as stage one and then stage two. Everything is bad from stage two. It's all Yichud. It's just the Kala offering her love to the Chazim. Which means every single one of us sacrificing what we hold most precious for God's sake. And then what God responds by saying, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice also. I'm going to put myself in an uncomfortable position for you. How does God do that? God's infinite. The universe is a very good place, yeah? But for God, it's a very, very tight, that's a sweater that doesn't fit so much. But God's willing to do that for us because that's love. Love is you put yourself in an uncomfortable position for the one that you love. And that's how you show your love. That's how you express your love. That is your love. By us sacrificing our desires for God, we're not, it's not the Yitzhara. That's not who we're... The Yitzhara is just the arrow pointing to the direction of what our vayda is at that moment. But what's our vayda at that moment? Giving ourselves over to Rabbanu Shalom, the Kala coming towards the Chazim. And the male of the chasnan comes towards the kala. This is the secret of Hanukkah. The secret of Hanukkah is that the war was fought by Kahana. What's a Kayin? Kayin is all Yichud. Kayin is all Ahava. Tumecha v'urecha leish chasidecha. Aaron HaKayin, the root of all Kahuna, is described as Ayav Yitzhavriyas, Makarim Latayr, Ayav Shalom, Reit Shalom. Aaron is not a man of war. Aaron is a man of Yichud. It's all Yichud. When you came to the Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaMikdash, and you went to the Kayin, the Kayin was just all Yehudim. It was all Yehudim. Even in Allah, we find this, that the Ikra Avayda by the Kahanim, Machshavit, was in the thoughts. If they thought a negative thought, it would pass all the carbon. Because in our world, what you do with your hands, that's warfare, and the mind, that's where Yehud exists, in the mind. But by the Kahuna, it's all Yehud. The mind is where they existed. Comes Hanukkah, an unbelievable thing. Kahanam go to war. Kahanam go to war. Kahanam establish a kingdom out of that, out of that warfare. What's the site of the Mulcham of Kahanam? The secret of the Mulcham of Kahanam is this secret. Is that even warfare, even dealing with chaos inside of you, that's not, you're not dealing with chaos as a, as a way to eventually then get to the king. That is how you are expressing your love for the king. That is your gift. The greatest gift you could offer the king is dafka by sacrificing your desires for him. Is dafka by acknowledging what is most precious to you, where you, what you're drawn to, and say, Rabbi Shalom, for your sake, I'm not going to do it, or for your sake, I will do a mitzvah. You're not. You're ne- it's, you should never think that you're struggling with the Yitzhar. Never think that, whether it be for a negative or for a positive, to avoid not doing a positive. You're never struggling with Yitzhar. What you're doing is an act of Mesir's Nefesh for the Rabbanu Shalom. You're the Kala coming towards the Chassan, which automatically is part of that dance, part of that Yichud, of then the Chassan coming towards the Kala. The same nace, the same act of lighting a candle 
is how we both express the, our, our, our connection to the miracle of the war and the miracle of that jar of oil. Because what is a nair? What is a candle? Nair is the yichud. Nair is the union between chasen and kala. That's what a candle is. Yichud nair. Kinar Hashem Nishmasodam. The nair always represents that point of contact between God and the Jew. And there's two parts of that. There's the war, which is the kala coming towards the chasen, and that was the nace of the warfare. But that was part of the yichud. That's just the kala's contribution to the experience. And then there's the jar of oil that lasted eight days. Something that was finite, but yet had infinite, infinite power within it. That's the contribution of the chasen. That's the chasen's love to us. The infinite God investing his infinite energy into finite reality. Therefore, you have a jar of oil, which is very, very finite, but it has infinite power. It can keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Because that represents the Rabbanish Lord on being Maestri Nefesh for us. And the Nitzachan represents our mysterious Nefesh for God. And both of those things are not separate. Those are both part of one experience of a Yichud. And that's what the Hadlaka Samanari is. When you light Hanukkah candles, what you're saying is Rabbanish Lord, I'm making a Yichud, I'm making a Balshantatik Yichud. My life is a Balshantatik Yichud. That's what the candle means. That's what a candle means. And what does it mean about Shemta Degiyichud? It means that sometimes I'm experiencing Melchemes HaYetzer and sometimes I'm experiencing Dveikas like a Shal Shudis or an Elon Yom Kippur. But it's all the same. It's all the same. Sometimes I'm feeling the Chassan's love to me and sometimes I as the Kal I'm expressing my love for him. But it's all the same experience. It's the same Aysa Laka, the same kindling of that flame of love of Shalheves Ka, Vahava Rish Shalheves Ka, that same flame of love of Yichud encompasses both experiences of Muhammad, which is a Kala's love, and the Pachecha Shoshemin, which is a Chasim's love. This is what it means to make a Yichud like, like the Baal Shem Tev. And I'll tell you something, just in parentheses again. The Ikra Avoyed nowadays started some time ago, but it's been um, accelerating. The Ikra Vayda nowadays is that Mashiach should come Barachimim. There's a way of Mashiach, Chas Rishon, we don't even talk, it's just a, it's not going to happen like that, but the, there's a way of Mashiach coming Bedin, with Muhammad, with war. And, and, and Mashiach coming Bevidus Hadin is assuming two stages. There's Muhammad, and then there's Yichud. The whole in the Baal Shem Tev is to be Megala that Muhammad was Yichud. It was all the same story. It was all Yichud. So there's no... There's no chilek. There's no transition from Muhammad of Mashiach and Yosef into Mashiach and David. It's all Hainu Hach. It's all the same Indian. Chanukah is the key. Chassidim love Chanukah. Because Chanukah is that secret that even warfare is really just a yichud of chasim That's all it is. And whatever we can do to express our devotion to God, that's not getting ourselves ready for a, for a yichud. That is the yichud. And every single one of us have the responsibility to make yichudim like the Baal Shantan. Because if we want Shiach to come, and especially Shiach to come, 
means that we have to make Yehudim like the Baal Shem Tov, which means to remember that every single moment of life is an opportunity for that face-to-face with God. Sometimes you feel Hashem looking at you, and sometimes you have to look at Hashem. But either way, that's all there is. That's all there is. Let me end off with a quick story. It's a little bit of a strange one, but it just came to me. So I'll say it. I don't even know how to make sense of it. It's a strange story. One day the Baal Shem Tov came to, uh, to some chassidim, and he said that it was revealed to me that in Gan Eden I'm going to have a roommate. I'm going to have a roommate in Gan Eden. And so chassidim must be a big tzaddik, you know. So, uh, so the Baal Shem Tov says, you wanna go, I want to go meet him. So you want to come with me? Okay, so for sure. So whenever they go in the wagon, whatever, Baal Shem Tov whispers something in the horse's ear. They go, and they get to the Samshtetl somewhere, whatever, and they're, you know, they go down to wherever the area is. Baal Shem Tov finds the right house, knocks on the door, door opens up, mountain of a guy. Mountain is just like big and heavy, just like a, a mountain of a guy. But like a peasant. The guy opens the door, yes. Hi, you know, my name is Yisro Ben Eliezer, uh, whatever. These are some of my friends. Can we, can we stay with you? Sure, it's okay. So they come in. It's like supper time, whatever it is. So he says, Yeah, did you eat anything? Yes. The guy, the Balshanta, you know, didn't eat anything. I said, Come, you be my guest. They come. It's a small little house, small little kitchen, but like there's tons of food coming out of this kitchen. And it's like piles and piles of food. I said, Balshanta, he's eating. These guys, the chassidim, they're eating. But this, the Baal boss, he's a man, like pounding food. It's, it's unbelievable. He's a, he's a big guy. And now the whole conversation, all he's talking about is the food. That's all he's talking about. How, how, you know, this, where this came from, this type of food, and what he likes. That's all he's talking about. That's all the conversation is about. And the chassidim are looking at each other like, what, this is the, the room of the Baal Shem? Maybe it's like a hidden salad or something, you know, like a Schwarzenwolf type of thing. No Schwarzenwolf. There's no more, it doesn't like click. You know, like all of a sudden the face change. None of that. The guy's a, he just, he's a big eater. So that's what he is. So after the whole, so after the whole time like this, and the Balshanta, by the way, the Balshanta is holding his mamish It's like his mamish, like enjoying this experience. See, don't know what to make of this. Until finally, one of the students said, like they're about to leave, like the like, whole thing. Until finally, one of the students listening. You know, he says to himself, like we're leaving anyway. Look at her. So the chassid says, Beryl, whatever the guy's name is. Why do you eat so much? He says, Why do you eat so much? That's all you've been talking about, that's all you've been doing is eating. So why do you eat so much? So then Beryl gets very serious. Does you know why I eat so much? Yeah. I'll tell you why. He said, my father was a very small man. Like physically, he was very, you know, very you know, shrimpy. He was not a very big person. And happens to be, he got, he was traveling somewhere, he was attacked by Goyim. And they were beating him, robbing him, and so on. And uh, and Nebuch, and Nebuch, he was killed because he was he, 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 was, he was killed by Kiddush Hashem, and he was a frail person, like a shrimpy guy. He couldn't put up much of a fight. And then, like that was it. So he says. So Beryl says, ever, ever since that happened to my father, I decided that first of all, it should never happen to you. But if it ever happens to me, I'm attacked. First of all, I'm going to put up a fight. Number one, and number two, if 
like he's even said like that. He said, if God forbid like, such a thing, I'm like burnt, you know, by mistake by Goyim, there should be a lot of me to burn. So a lot of me to burn. Burn, baby, burn. That's just, so, all the Chassidah said, we understand. How nice is that? You know, like eating is an example of like things that's just not such a rough place to gazak, you know? But that itself can become Mamashinir. Mamashinir. Through Messiah's That's how you become a roommate of the Balsham. That's how you make Yehudim like the Balsham. There's no chili, there's no division. Every single moment is a point of contact between you and Ainsight. Either again, it's the Kala going to the Chasen, or the Chasen going to the Kala. Either it's an Itzachim over Yivanim, or it's infinite, penetrating, finite reality, the Bachach HaShoshem. Either way, it's Mamashicha. Hashem should bless each and every one of us. We should know what type of kaiches that we have, what type of power that we have to make you good and like the Baal Shem. And we should be just like the Mashiach told the Baal Shem, like you And when you didn't make you good and like you, that's when I will come to Rachman. As Hashem, we should be to experience that by Naim Niglin, Vyaskal Tzavid Rachman, and here we remain long. Is this just a front? It's not a front. I mean, I was in the middle of it. I was going with, you know, Hanukkah parties. So I had something to learn. No, 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 no.
made I made the
Yeah.